الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذين جاهدوا فينا لنهدي أنهم سبولنا سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم Recently, um, maybe not so recently, maybe it's been a couple of years now, within the last one or two years, uh, I was asked to write this uh, chapter for a, for a book. It was like a medical textbook. And um, it was like one of, the, one of these neurology textbooks. And they said, the publishers, or whoever was responsible for this when they had asked me to write the chapter, they said that I was allowed to use the previous edition's chapter. So the way these textbooks work, and most of you are familiar with some form of a textbook, that every couple of years a new edition comes out. The publisher decides that they want to you know, come out with a new edition, and so they'll recruit the authors or whatnot to write them, and then the next edition will come out, and then it's used for a couple of years, and the next edition comes out, and so on and so forth. And so they mentioned that um, you know, you're welcome to use the work of the prior authors. So I looked at the chapter before beginning to write, and... I saw it and I said to myself, like, wow, this is basically done for me. Like, there's not much for, left for me to do. Uh, you know, it was like, I don't know, however many pages it was, seven, eight, nine pages, and the information was accurate, it was well written, it, se- it clearly seemed like someone had put thought into it, um, and effort and energy into it, and the work was essentially already done. Uh, and then I looked at the author's names that had worked on it, and, you know, one of the individuals Uh, or the senior author on that chapter, was someone who's very well accomplished. I mean, we're talking about someone who literally committed his entire career to uh, this particular field, and the years of experience, et cetera. I mean, this person's very well published, and, you know, the world really, uh, you know, in in this field knows him. So afterward, I, I mean, after the initial review, I thought, like, you know, how is it that I could just use this person's chapter? So I asked the publishers, you know, do I, are we going to keep them as co-authors? You know, are they going to be like a second author or a third author? Are they going to still remain on the chapter? And uh, the publisher said, no, there's no need for that. But if you'd like, you can, at the end of the chapter, write you know, a thank you or acknowledgement section where you wouldn't include their names. But really, they're not given that much credit. And you know, it really got me thinking that uh, you know, this is an example of you know, something that's given to us Um, and by design, we ignore all of the effort and work and sacrifice that went into it, or we overlook it, right? And this happens to us many times in our lives. In fact, this is just the way the world works today, um, and that is that um, it's okay to ignore the past, and it's okay to try to operate without a foundation, Right? This, is, this is kind of the, the, the way the system is. So I thought, like, there's no way. I mean, how is it that all that work could be attributed to me? or major- And when I really didn't even put in the effort, look, I mean, look at the foundation, look at the hours that put, were put in, and the experience, and the time, and the energy, and the money, and all of these sacrifices that were made. You know, how, how could we just ignore all of these things and just remove their names as if they don't even exist? But really, that's just the way the world is today. And that is that we are taught by design to forget about the foundations upon 
which we stand, uh, but rather attribute our own accomplishments and our own, um, you can say, accolades to purely ourselves. Now, this may be the way the deen, uh, this way may, may be the way by which the world has designed itself or how the way world has come to be. But the deen doesn't allow us to operate in this way. Our deen, it doesn't allow us to operate in this way. It can't be, it isn't, that we can attribute whatever benefit or whatever we're doing to ourselves and we can ignore the, the strong foundations upon which deen were built. Right? The strong foundations upon which deen were built. You know, if we think about it, you know, where we are today in this place and in this time, we're not just, we didn't just suddenly appear. It isn't that the deen and the activities that we perform in deen and the worship that we perform and all of these things just somehow magically appeared in my lap and now I do these things to come close to Allah and to, and to become a practicing Muslim. I mean, what about, I mean, how did it actually come to us? The deen doesn't allow us to forget this. We can't just stamp our name on, you know, to ourselves and, 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 and then just pretend as if there was no prior history or no effort that was put in. And the best time to remind ourselves of this, or let's put it this way, Allah Ta'ala reminds us of this in particular around the days of Hajj. These special days of the Hijjah is when Allah Ta'ala particularly reminds all of us that look, you don't stand or we don't stand on our own foundation. That there is so much that has gone on before, right? From a spiritual level, from a physical level, to establish us, right, in our deen. We can't ignore it. Hajj does, the, the, the days of Hajj do not allow us to do this. They don't allow us to forget about the past and forget about the, the, the giants whose shoulders we stand upon. Right? Like, look at the setup of Hajj. What, what is Hajj, really, right? The days of Hajj. Hajj is going on, right? The, the, the Hajjis probably now are you know, making their progression from, to, toward Arafah, the, the plain of Arafah. What, what is happening? I mean, it's basically what we're being told is you go to these areas and, uh, or, uh, or you go there, meaning you believers, go there and appreciate the sacrifices of the people that came before. That's what your responsibility. You go there and appreciate the sacrifices of the people that came before you and what they did, right? For instance, you go to the Kaaba and you circle around that Kaaba and do tawaf seven circuits. Because you need to appreciate the value of the, the, or the sacrifices that Ibrahim salam had made when he had taken his family to this barren desert and dropped them off and then let them stay and settle. And then he and his son built this Kaaba, the, uh, the opportunity for you to be able to worship Allah from here. We face the Qibla, we face the Kaaba. Don't just think that this is just there for you every single day and it's something that you set up by yourself. For all these masajid to be pointing in one direction, these are all because of the sacrifices of Ibrahim and his family. You go there for Hajj, or go there for Umrah, but in, in this discussion, go there for Hajj, look at the Kaaba, and do tawaf around it, and appreciate all of the effort and the sacrifices that went in, into building this, in this structure. Right? And the du'as of your father, who after building it, you would think Ibrahim would say, ah, now I'm done, I can relax. But instead, what does he do? He asks Allah Ta'ala to accept it. Right? The, so, so be appreciative of the sacrifices that he made and the supplications that he made after. And then the call that he made. Call people toward the Hajj. And that, you know, you could say the Adhan, so to speak, that he made that then caused all these people to gather toward or, or direct their attention toward uh, the Kaaba, right? And then don't forget, you know, that your beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
was the one who took the black stone and placed it upon this place. Don't forget about the sacrifices that your messenger made to preserve the Kaaba. Don't forget about the sacrifices that he made when he was you know, removed out of Makkah Mukarramah and then he returned back. Right? And he then reestablished the Kaaba as the permanent house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until the end of time. Don't forget those sacrifices. You go there, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12th of the Hijjah, and go appreciate the Kaaba. This, the, the opportunity to direct your attention toward the Qibla five times a day is not something that just came out of thin air. There was sacrifice, there was effort, there is a strong foundation built upon that. You know, go there and travel from Mecca to Medina to visit the Prophet right? Don't forget that your messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you know, the sacrifices that he and his family had to make in the years leading up to the Hijrah, and then the sacrifice of having to travel by foot all of those Muslims to Medina Munawwara. Don't forget these things. Just go and do this and remember that sacrifice. You know, it's almost like Allah Ta'ala says like, you know, it's not even that you just have to appreciate it, right? <laughs> Allah Ta'ala basically says, go there and just copy exactly what they did. Go there and just copy the motions that they made. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Go there, take stones, and throw them toward the shaitan, or toward a stone that represents shaitan. You know, not because you have this deep interaction with that form of worship, you know, not, not because you've really been preparing for it, but because... You know, the Khalil of Allah, the Prophet of uh, the friend of Allah, our father Ibrahim salam, because he threw these stones, I want you to tie yourself into him so you do the exact same thing that he did. Throw stones here, take a few steps, throw stones here, take a few more steps, throw stones here. Right? Go to go and find these two mountains of Safa and Marwa and walk between them. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Not because you're, you know, searching for water. Not because there's any particular need, but simply because you need to appreciate the motions of our mother, or of your mother, Hajar and the motions that she took. So go there and just walk, or even run for portions of it, uh, back and forth. Just copy her motions, because there's a foundation upon which we were built. You can't forget this. We can't forget this. And if it means that you have to travel for Hajj, just to mimic the motions of the people of the past, then do it, because that's how tied in we are to them. It's incredible. The deen does not allow us to forget it, and the day of the hijjah and the act of hajj in particular remind us that we are not, um, uh, we, 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 uh, we aren't alone. That there is a foundation upon which we're built, and we can't neglect it, and we can't ignore that. Now, there's many benefits that come from this, right? Like the benefits of being tied to something or being tied or connected to uh, this history or this, you can say, foundation. You know, the first is that it reminds us that all of these opportunities that I have to engage my Lord, these are, um, the, these are all an effort of, let's say, the people, the, the, the prophets that had come before. So, for instance, my ability to fast in the month of Ramadan, or for instance, the ninth of the Hijjah. This, this act of fasting, I mean, this was taught to us by the prophets. It's, I didn't just come out of this out of thin air. Like, how should I worship my Lord? Well, maybe I can, you know, not eat from, from, uh, from dawn until sunset. You know, I wouldn't come up with that on my own. The prophets taught us this, right? The, the generations of people before taught us that this is the way to please Allah. So uh, the same applies to salah, the same applies to dua, the same applies to adhkar. I mean, any form of, uh, any opportunity we have to connect with our Lord, this is a result of 
of, of the people of the past. And in particular, the prophets and the Sahaba that had come before us. So that's one benefit, that it teaches us very clearly, without us having to put much effort, again, uh, uh, on how to, how to interact with my Lord. Like, again, if, if let's say we didn't have a connection to the prophets, or Ibrahim alayhi salam, or the prophets alayhi or Adam alayhi salam, and we were told, okay, worship God, worship Allah. Figure it out. Figure out the best way to do so. I mean, would we have, I mean, what would we come up with? Would we come up with a prayer in which we stand, we do ruku', we bow down on the ground twice, we sit up, we stand up again, we continue this, we say, Salaam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. I mean, where did this come from? You know, the, the timings of fasting between dawn and sunset, we, where did that come from? If, we were, if it was left for me to try to figure out a way for me to please my Lord, I, I mean, there's no way I could do it. But yet the prophets so perfectly through their, not just the acts of worship, but then through their demeanor and the way they would discuss or, or call upon Allah. I mean, the statements of Yunus salam and the statements of Dawood salam. I mean, all of these ta- basically teach us how to engage our Lord. And so we're forever indebted to these individuals. And so one of the main benefits of the deen requiring us to remain and recognize and appreciate our foundation is that the opportunities that we have to engage our Lord, the opportunities that we have to engage our Lord, these are not from our own intellect, thankfully. They're not from our own intellect. The second benefit that comes, and this is particularly important in this day and age, you know, of, of, of for instance, the Hajj reminding us of how tied in we are to our history and to our, to our tradition, is that it provides us with the energy, the passion, the excitement, the drive, uh, the, the motivation needed to, um, to strive in deen. It provides us with that. You know, in this day and age, if I was to try to achieve something of significance, you know, uh, people nowadays are thinking of like, you know, I need to come up with some idea, something that will make me famous. You know, something that will make me popular. Some, some, some idea that will make me become a millionaire. Some idea that will, you know, take me from here to there. And look at the effort that people have to put in. Right? Imagine if, if, you, have to, if you had to do that sort of set. Look at our setup, though. You know, because we stand literally, you know, because we have, you know, giants like the Prophet and Adam salam, Ibrahim salam, we have the Sahaba, you know, as, as a foundation, you know, as these, and literally all we have to do is find them, you know, climb upon their shoulders, stand upon, and we've reached this pinnacle that it, would t- it takes people so long and so much effort to reach. We don't have to worry about that. You know, for me to become... Uh, of so for me to become relevant, let's put it that way, right? For in today's day and age, if someone wants to become relevant to society or just relevant in general, become someone of relevance. I mean, it it's like an impossible task. It seems like an impossible task. You interact with people and you talk to them and you see, you know, how difficult and how much struggle there is in them trying to become relevant to the rest of the world, and how much effort and time and money and sacrifices are put. And look at us. All we have to do is take advantage of the foundation that we stand upon. In fact, there's not much for us to do. We're literally standing on the shoulders of giants. We've already reached this pinnacle simply because we have this strong foundation and this strong tradition that involves prophets, not just ordinary people, not someone who wrote some chapter in a book or published a piece. These are prophets who connected and, and received wahi and revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have the ability to stand on their shoulders. I mean, there's no better connection that we would want to have to any tradition or any path than this. So it, 
it's, uh, you know, in, in a world and in, a uh, in an age, let's say in a world in which it's all about me, 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 and me independently trying to become relevant in this world, and the psychological effects that, that, and the pressures that come with, a, with this me mentality, the dean says, forget about me. Just annihilate this, this, this notion, this sense of, of me or I. There's no, forget about it. Forget about it. There, there's no way we would be relevant with just me. There's no way that's possible. The deen says, tie yourself in to the Prophet and all of a sudden you become, you've reached the pinnacle that any human being can possibly achieve. Tie yourself in to Ibrahim salam and, 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 that, and that tradition, going back to Adam salam. Right? There's no need for me to try to accomplish something great by myself. I'm not going to be able to do it if I try. And if I do, I mean, I'm going to slip and I'm going to fall. And it's going to hurt. And you see the, uh, you, you know, the, uh, the struggles of especially young people today in trying to make this me thing work. It's not going to work. We have this tradition, this foundation that, can, that, you know, that for us goes to you know, like the people that brought deen to us. And then from them, the tabi'een. From them, to the sahaba. Then from the sahaba, the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa to other prophets. To Ibrahim salam, to Nuh salam, to Adam salam. These people interact with Allah in such a unique way. And we have the ability to connect, with, uh, to, connect to Allah Ta'ala uh, th- uh, by standing on their shoulders. I mean, the, the, the setup is just so great. So this is what the, these, these days remind us of. We're not, we're not, we aren't lone wolf where we have to operate on our own and try to figure things out. I mean, thankfully, that's not what we have to do. We don't have to try to navigate life in some unique way, coming up with some unique ideas or some unique dogma or some unique way of thinking or some unique um, path to success. Whether it be, you know, spiritual success or physical success or financial success, we don't need to do any of that. We have this. We 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 have the ability to just literally climb upon the the shoulders of these giants that have come before, right? And uh, and achieve great things in Deen and great things in life and navigate life in, in in such a perfect way. So we remind ourselves. You know, tomorrow, for instance, is the Nanta al Hijjah, which is the day of Arafah. Uh, even though we aren't physically there, these days are designed to remind us of the of of what we stand on and how we aren't alone and how so much has gone in before in terms of sacrifice and to make me who I am today to give me the deen that I have today we have to be very appreciative of this especially on the day of Arafah right especially on the day of Arafah this you know the uh, Arafah has such a such a the day of Arafah and the plane of Arafah there's so many connections to to this foundation right for instance the fact that it was on the plane of Arafah that the Prophet ﷺ gave his final khutbah, and he said to, uh, or he gave one of his, he gave his, you know, the final sermon, and he said, and he compl- and he said to the Sahaba, لكم that on this day I have completed Deen, and that's that's a big deal. The day of Arafah is the day that Islam came to completion. Islam came to completion. I mean, no other religion had that opportunity to come to this point where now a Prophet can say. This is complete. Whatever you need in this world to navigate this world, this, this it's now come to completion. Subhanallah. We have the, and that happened uh, on the plane of Arafah. Incredible. The plane of Arafah is is um, where 
uh, it said that Adam السلام, and Hawa, when they had were sent onto the earth, right, from Jannah, the place where they had met was the Mount of Arafah, Jabal Rahmah, right? That's what the, the scholars say. I mean, that's why it's called Arafah, because that's where they got to know each other again. They got to meet once again. I mean, that's a big deal. Because from there comes subsequent prophets. From there comes humanity. From there comes, you know, every aspect of, of this world. SubhanAllah. You know, and, and even taking it back further, you know, the scholars mention um, that before all of us were born, right, Yawm Alas, it comes in the Quran, when Allah Ta'ala asked, the human, asked human beings, including all of us, I mean, we have amnesia of this event, but it, but it certainly happened. Allah Ta'ala asked, Alastu bi Rabbikum, you know, am I not your Lord? And all of us said, Qadu Bala, and we basically um, c- uh, stated our conviction to Allah and said, absolutely, you're our Lord. The ulama mentioned that this took place in Arafah. So, I mean, this is the anniversary of so many <coughs> significant events uh, that we tie ourselves into. It really is a day of reflection and a time of reflection. So we should, we should really spend uh, this day, you know, this is the shan of the days of the hijjah You know, in, <coughs> for Ramadan, there's like a shan, shan meaning like there's a, there's a particular flavor. In Ramadan, you know, the, the flavor of Ramadan, of Ramadan is one of like sincere tawbah and repentance and really hopeful of Allah's mercy for the future, right? That's like the, you can say the, the shade of Ramadan. But the shade of the day that the hijjah are really designed to make us look back. Not forward, but look back at the power and the might of this deen and how strong it really is and how, um, uh, how firm the foundation uh, is on which it stands. Right? So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a tawfiq to really reflect upon these special days. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, forgive us and accept us and allow us to recognize the... Uh, tremendous benefit that, that we've received by standing on the shoulders of, of such great individuals. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to remain connected uh, to deen until we leave this world. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.